You're listening to the Take Your Shop podcast, a podcast for wedding photographers and videographers looking to grow and scale their business. I'm your host, Hallie Heather, and my goal is for you to walk away feeling empowered and inspired as you continue to build a business that you're passionate about and that serves both you and your clients well. So whether you're operating as a side hustle or you're looking for tips and tricks on how to improve and scale your business, you, my friend, are in the right place. You don't have to figure it all out on your own, and I'm so glad you're here. Hello, and welcome to the Take Your Shot podcast. You guys, today I'm super excited to be talking to you guys about building a sustainable wedding photography business with my good friend, Ivan. Ivan, hello. How are you doing today? Hello, friends. I'm good. Good to see you, Hallie. Always good to see you. All right, you guys, the reason I chose Ivan for this podcast episode is because he is not only is he a full-time wedding photographer, also based in the Midwest, go Minnesota, even though you're technically in North Dakota. We um, still play in Minnesota, it's fine. <laughs> it's okay. We work in the same stuff. He's known for his joyful approach and exceptional client service. Um, and also, I just think his work is amazing, candid, fun, authentic, like you name it. And he's just a solid guy. And so um, I really wanted to invite Ivan onto this podcast. Ivan, so glad you're here. Um, mainly because I've just been really drawn to the way that you run your business. I feel like you over at Ivan Abs- Amson, <laughs> over in your, <laughs> oh my gosh. I feel like the way you do things, Ivan, is just so different compared to anyone else. And so today I want to just kind of talk through that. And yeah, but first, before we do that, Ivan, do you want to introduce yourself, who you are, and kind of um, a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. My name's Ivan. I guess my actual full, like my first and last name is Ivan Wagnon, um, but my business and everything under my, my, my business is Ivan Amson Photography Co. or Ivan Amson. Very French name. That, that's what it is, y'all. <laughs> I, like Hallie said, I'm a wedding photographer based in the Midwest, um, also travel, um, and I really love people. And that's kind of how this whole thing started. I am not in, I'm not in the industry I thought I was going to be at all, but, um, I am in my sixth wedding season now overall. And that's really weird, but we're, we're here. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> that's amazing. And yeah. So Ivan, I think it's so cool how we, we kind of have a similar background in that. Like we both weren't planning on doing this, but somehow felt called to do this. Do you want to talk a little bit about how you got started in the wedding photography industry? I know you said it wasn't originally your plan. Maybe give us a little summary of like how you ended up here. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's paint the picture. Let's paint a little story. Okay. So I, I had a dream of being an architect my entire life, which is, it's just so funny because we talked about that the first time that we connected. It's just so funny. Um, but my, my family was kind of like a big soccer family and we like watched the World Cup when the World Cup was on. And basically I bet my dad, this is super random, but it'll connect. I bet my dad, um, that if my team won the 2009 World Cup that he'd have to get me um, the Sims game. Um, this is 2009, and I wanted to get Sims 3, and I bet my dad that my team would win the World Cup, and then he'd have to get me this game, and I won. So he got me this game, and for some reason, I I start designing these homes on Sims, and I'm like creating all my little homes and remodeling them for my Sims. And I was like, I'm going to be an architect. I'm going to do this in real life. It's, it's a dream. Here we go. And that was like everything I banked my life on. Everything I did from that point on um, until I went to college was about 
being an architect. And then I get to college and I almost drop out. Right before college starts, I wanted to do a youth internship and become a youth pastor. This all happened within like a month before college. It was like a complete 180. And me being kind of a type A person, I sent me into like a meltdown and I was like in legit, like the Southern grandma would call it the prayer closet. Like I'm in the closet on my knees. Like, God, I don't know what to do. I'm very stressed. Help. And somehow I came out of that situation being like, I feel like I need to go to college, but I shouldn't be doing architecture. So I didn't do the internship, went to college, got an organizational like management degree. And that somehow led me to photography in a roundabout way. I thought that like media was kind of cool now. And like I picked up a camera and went to Arizona to take some photos. And then I started a business. <laughs> so here we are. <laughs> Man. That, there's a lot to unpack there, but I'm sure we'll get into more of it. But there's a lot to unpack. <laughs> yep. I'm so glad that somehow you ended up here. <laughs> I just love how that always ends up happening. Like when our plans kind of like take a little turn, but then ends up being like way better than anything we could have imagined, um, which I know I can say for myself and I'm sure you feel that way too. That's not to say this is easy running a business, um, which we'll talk about, but um, definitely, definitely worth it. Um, so kind of in that realm, like what were some of the challenges that you were facing in the early stages of your business? Yeah, I think for me personally, I, I didn't have goals at, at all. I didn't have clear, tangible, trackable goals at all. Like I said, I, I was going to be an architect. I picked up a camera. I decided after a really cool like experience I had helping someone shoot a wedding that I wanted to be a wedding photographer. And I started, I literally started a business a week after this like experience I had. Um, I didn't, I didn't know what that meant. I was just like, I'm going to be a wedding photographer. I had no idea what that meant, what the metrics were supposed to be, how many weddings that I want to shoot, what kind of like, what kind of weddings or sessions I wanted to do. Like I, I had no idea. Um, the word wedding photographer just was like one definition in my head. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. I don't know. And I think also, um, before I before I go any further, I'll just say um, there is no prerequisite for anybody listening to this episode to be a follower of Jesus. Um, I am. And so a lot of what I say will be rooted in my life and my encounter um, finding Jesus. But like, you don't have to be to glean anything from this information. So j- just know that. Um, but I think also fundamentally for me, I didn't ask the Lord about it. <laughs> I think he was so gracious to like confirm like, this is where I want you. And I've seen so, so much since being a wedding photographer, but I had no idea. So I guess like in that, that, that was a challenge for me because when you're not booked and you don't know what you're doing, it's cool. But when your business does in some sense, quote unquote, take off, and there's no tangible direction around what you're doing, why you're doing it, how much you want to do, the parameters, the boundaries, then you get burnt out. And you're not getting burnt out because you have a solidified why, you're just getting burnt out for burnt out sake. And so that's where I found myself. And that was the, the biggest challenge I found early on. Wow. And then well, I'm sure we'll go kind of into some of that um, and more, but like, was there like, if you had to say like maybe one or two things that you wish you could have told yourself early on, what would that have been to kind of help combat that challenge? Yeah, I, I would have told myself your branding and your marketing is cool, 
but like it's not going to build a sustainable business. It, it is a part of the business that is going to help you maybe attract and reach the clients that you know you confidently can serve well, but it's not going to build a sustainable business that's going to last as seasons and as your life changes. And so you need to be focused on the workflows and the systems on the back end just as much, if not more, than you are on the branding and the marketing. That's like the number one thing I would tell myself. And I tell people that all the time. I'm like, please do not just focus on building a wedding guide. Please don't do it. (laughs) Oh man, yeah. I feel like those are all like really good things, like the guide and all those things. But yeah, when you aren't taking care of yourself or you aren't taking care of the sustainability of the business, like those things don't really matter to the clients. Like if you're not able to deliver on time or if you're not able to like show up fully, like rested in yourself, like, yeah, they don't care as much about the guide. Um, So that's really interesting that you say that because I feel like that's not necessarily the same as like, I feel like a lot of people have said. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think this just, this like, I just like thought of this just now, but like, I don't know. And I'd love to know from you, Hallie, like in like seasons where you felt like burnt out, do you, have you noticed that you're burnt out Like, have you caught it right away or is it kind of like after the fact? I think I've had experiences with both for sure. Like there's times where you're in the thick of it and you know you're feeling burnt out, um, but you just kind of trudge through it and you're like, okay, I'm, this is just a heavy season. And honestly, like I'm kind of in that right now. I'm not, I think I've been doing a good job of like being self-aware of like going into it, talking with Luke and saying, okay, Luke, like (laughs) our next, like we have like over a month until our next free weekend. Um, and this is like halfway through what's been a little stretch of um, weekends. And kind of mentally, I feel like when you look at the calendar and you can see ahead of time, like, okay, yeah, we're going to, it's going to be a, it's going to be a haul. Um, you, you feel it, but you kind of know you felt it. But I think there are definitely times when you like, don't see it on the calendar. Like even in like the winter, which I call strategy season, because technically I'm not shooting weddings, but almost it's almost more burnt out for me at that, in that time. Because I feel like there's all these things I've put off wanting to do. And then you feel almost more burnt out doing that because you got the workload still from mm-hmm. some of the weddings you shot. You've got the marketing, the booking, the client calls because that's usually booking season too. Yeah. I think I've definitely had it catch up to me and just like hit me. And then that's usually when I'll get sick or, you know, all yep. the things your body like gives in too. Yeah. How about you? I would say I've had like similar experiences where sometimes I know and, but I don't, I don't, I don't think I realize when it's, about to happen, or at least I haven't all the time. Like over the years, I've started to, I've gotten more able to notice, like I know about the month and the week and the period when like tension is about to shift. Like I know now when that is and I'm able now to a little bit better prepare for it the best you can in a busy season as a wedding photographer. But I think like catching it before it's happened is not something that I was able to do, especially in like the earlier seasons of business. And so I wouldn't know exactly that I was about to become burnt out or that I even was burnt out until I was already far gone. Like kind of like you're saying, Mm -hmm. like you like, at least for me, like I feel like I really realized it when I was already really tired and I was already really stressed out. And for me personally, it was a big pivot in my business when I realized I'm really burnt out and I want to give up, but I also don't even know 
what goals I'm even hitting. Like I'm just booking, I'm just booking weddings and just booking them left and right. I have no idea capacity wise that I'm supposed to be hitting. I have no idea revenue wise what I'm supposed to be hitting. Like, and I think that was a really big pivot in my business where I was just like, you need to know these things that you have parameters and you actually in the thick of busy season can say, Hey, well, we're hitting target and here's how we can hit target a little bit better next year with better boundaries. I, I didn't know that any of those answers. So I don't know. Yeah, that's that's really, really good. And I think that actually really translates well into the next section, which is just kind of talking about like maintaining a work-life balance and finding a good rhythm in your business. Um, and, and this is something I've seen you do. I've seen your calendar. <laughs> You've shown that to me very intense. But you you actually put times of rest and and times of like like dedicating to other areas of your life in your calendar, which I think is remarkable. And um, so I, I would just love to talk a little bit more about that. Like um, how do you prioritize work-life balance in your business? And, and do you mind talking a little bit about what that looks like for you? Yeah. Well, I'll say first, candidly, like I'm still learning and editing like we all are, like, right? Like I, I'm still... I'm still growing in this area. Like just yesterday, I was processing a new level of like work-life balance that I haven't really processed um, recently. Um, that being said, I think this is this is unique to me, and I, I, I'm saying this to say that like I don't think this is necessarily going to be the answer for everybody, um, but there might be something that is hopefully helpful in this. I personally have learned that I'm a visionary. Um, I, I'm, I'm a future thinker. I My brain naturally thinks about the 10,000 foot view. And so personally for me, when it came to prioritizing work-life balance, I started to notice that my brain naturally was starting to think about a future version of myself that maybe in a different season of life with family and friends or other projects. And that future version of myself needed more space um, than the younger version of me. And so I think as I began to think about maybe settling down one day or like things like that, I was like, in order to get there, I probably should learn how to practice what I will need to do and what work will look like in that future season. And so that in and of itself, motivated me to start prioritizing work-life balance. So I guess to answer your question, I'm motivated. I say this a lot personally in my personal life. Um, by future Ivan and past Ivan, <laughs> past me is really motivated by what future me needs and tries to do what future me needs. And so personally for me, like I will put parameters in place that will protect a future version of myself that actually needed that valuable time. I think for us in general, I think that that's I think that's a good way of looking at work-life balance rather than thinking I need to have work-life balance because like everybody's telling me I need to have work-life balance like what what motivates you individually as a photographer um to have balance? Is it your kids? Is it your spouse? Um, is it your passion project that you're doing outside of photography? Like whatever that thing is, I think if we can keep that thing in our minds, it's going to really influence the way that we run our businesses. And if your passion project is photography, then we should look for something else. There's always something else that motivates us outside of our job. And, and I think for me, that helped me motivate me to like start putting parameters in place. I don't know if that is like helpful or yeah. 
No, that's that's really helpful. And I think, yeah, when 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 photography was my side hustle, that was my motivating. But then when it becomes your full time job, things kind of shift a little bit, and you're fully mm-hmm. in it all the time. And I think you're absolutely right. You do need something else. One thing you were just talking about was about setting up kind of some parameters. Uh, were there some specific parameters that you've found are super helpful for you, like currently in your business, or things that you had to start kind of maybe building up to to kind of help you achieve that balance. And I'm not saying it's all perfect. I know you're, it's, we're always, always in process. <laughs> There's always a future us that we're going through, but like so far in Amen. your journey, what, <laughs> so far in your journey, what would you say has been uh, really helpful or almost like a game changer for you? Yeah. I, okay. I love this question. The, the first thing I did when it came down to, um, creating a better work-life balance was setting up call blocks for talking to clients and um, anyone really. So I I have specific blocks in my calendar that are reserved for talking to prospective clients. And it started with one and now I have three. And I either have done one or two things in my career. Like I will, when I'm, when I'm texting a couple or I'm emailing them, I'll either suggest to them a time to chat. And on their end, it's really casual. It's flexible. But on my back end, it was put in one of the buckets of time that I know I can talk to people or I'll send them a link to set up a call within those time blocks. That was like the first, like it was the first thing I did. Then it was kind of like nerve wracking for me to do that because I was like, ah, well, I gotta like, I gotta book clients and like, I don't want to like have barriers to entry or things like that. But when I got over that fear, that opened up the whole gambit for me to start thinking about, okay, how do we like organize this? How do we systemize this? And, um, how you mentioned my calendar. I, (laughs) I will say I, I am, I am somewhat of a type A person. I really am. Like my calendar is like color coded. It has time blocks, all this stuff, but I was not like that at all when I became a photographer. Like I was flying by the seat of my pants. Like I was printing contracts and bringing them to the coffee shop. And I was like, hey, can you put your pen signature? Like I I was not, I was not this like color-coded organized time block person. And I I only say that because I want to really give encouragement and space to the like anyone listening who is more of like a type B personality. Like you do not need to be type A to have parameters for a simple thing like blocks of when you're going to talk to people. Um, It's more about the commitment to you choosing to give them a time block and not being afraid of hurting people's feelings than it is being a type A personality. Um, But that was like the first thing I did, a really easy example. And I think personally for me, that really helped me open up the door to like, okay, my workflow and my sales workflow and like all those different things. Totally. Have you ever had a client who literally couldn't make any of those times work and you've had to like break that boundary or has it been pretty like sustainable and like easy for people to just make it work? Like did those fears ever happen? <laughs> did you ever have to face that? It hap- it happens. It uh, candidly it does happen, but not as much as I thought it would. On I think I would have thought it would have been a bigger barrier to entry, but when I got confident on my end on telling people this is when I have available to chat, most people found a way to make it work 
if it was something that was valuable to them. However, I, do we need to be flexible? Uh, absolutely. If we're going to serve people well, like it goes on a huge way when we choose to have flexibility. And I, I want to encourage us to do that. However, most people will bend if, if they really find value in what you are providing. And if they can't find a time, then give them another time. Absolutely. But maybe you suggest a time in another call block. So like, I'll give another example of this. Like the first call block that I like built was one to 2 PM. Um, and when that wouldn't work, I would suggest an eight to nine, an eight to 9 AM or like a four to five or like a five to five thirty. And typically one of them will hit, but I'll tell people like if it's after 530, I'm not, I'm not doing a call. And obviously we know in the wedding industry, if you've been a photographer for even a little bit of time, like a lot of people want to get on the phone after 530 or six and consistently choosing not to do that. People have chosen to respect that and it's changed the game for me. That's amazing. I <laughs> could not imagine having 530 and beyond not being on calls. Um, I might have to take that one, stick that in my pocket. <laughs> game changer. <laughs> But I'm also, I don't know if you ever feel this, but like, I feel like whenever I try to have boundaries, I'm such a customer service person. I'm not, I'm not saying you're not, but I like really do struggle to stick to those boundaries sometimes because I'm like, oh, I don't want them to give me a bad review or, oh, I don't mm-hmm. want them to not have a, re- mm-hmm. or to have any sort of reason to have any beef or any sort of negative experience tied to it. But um, I think when you set that early on, like, I mean, you're doing this like initially on the call. So like they know who they're working with has boundaries. And I think that's a really great way to level set expectations going forward, but also make it very clear and tangible for the clients. Like you obviously make time for them. And you're right. Like when you provide something that they value and they value you and they want you to like be able to have work-life balance, you know, like they care about you. It's not just a transaction. They care about the relationship. Like they'll, they'll Mm -hmm. want that for you. You know, Mm -hmm. they'll celebrate that for you. So I think that's really cool that you, that you do that. Are you a wedding photographer or videographer looking to streamline your business operations and enhance your client experience? Dubsado is the ultimate CRM that is specifically designed to transform the way you run your business. With Dubsado, you'll experience a seamless workflow that will leave you more time to focus on other areas of your business or personal life. From client management to contract creation, invoicing, and even automated workflows, Dubsado has it all. Use the discount code TAKEYOURSHOT for 20% off your first year when you sign up on Dubsado.com. Again, that's TAKEYOURSHOT, all one word, to get 20% off your first year. I have been using Dubsado for years and I can't stop raving about how much I love it. And although I could talk about it all day, it's time to get back to the show. I guess like, you know, clearly this is not necessarily on the dock, but <laughs> like clearly this is really important to you and you're, you definitely have all of these boundaries in place. Was there a time where you kind of just like it hit you and you're like, I need this? I know we're talking a little bit about burnout, but was there a specific like thing that happened or situation where you're like, something's got to change and that motivated you to kind of put together these boundaries and kind of maintain this balance? Because you said you weren't always an, a type A person and you kind of had to become that. Uh, what would you say was kind of the main shift to that for you? Yeah, I I, I appreciate this question. I, I it makes me It makes me excited because... There definitely was a moment that led up to now. I in in 2021, I I got deathly sick. I had this weird like stomach virus. Um, to not get into too much detail, I, I have I had really no idea where it came from. Still don't know where it came from. But that year, 
that year was the busiest year I had probably I probably say I had had yet. I mean, up the wazoo on the wedding side, um, it was the busiest year I had had yet, and I wasn't prepared for it at all when it came to life events happening. Everything was fine as long as I was healthy. But then I got sick and we were, it was the first year I was doing associates. It was the first year that I had done a really dramatic rebrand um, to the business. Everything was happening in that year. And then I got sick. Um, and I found myself not able to keep timelines um, on editing and I was training a new team member when this happened um, and everything hit the fan. I was like, I can't even like walk, um, wow. let, let alone, let alone be training a new team member. Um, and if I can walk, it's probably not for super long <laughs> um, or without an IV in my arm, if we're just being candid. Um, so I think going through that experience really changed things for me because it, it, it opened my eyes to the fact that the hustle and the grind that we see and we are pressured by on Instagram is great until it's not, or it's great until you're not healthy, or it's great until a life thing happens with a family member, or you just need some time. And what happens to your business then that you built to revolve around healthy you? That's always on. That's not realistic or sustainable for you to always be on. And unfortunately, um, in the world that we have today, we're not always healthy either. And so I think going through that experience, I really, I immediately after that period and I started getting healthy again, I started asking myself right away, what are you going to do to prevent this from happening again? That way, if you need time off for anything, you're actually able to do that and your business isn't going to crumble under you needing personal time. So asking myself that question led to where I I am now in a position where my heart for like people listening and my heart for photographers is genuinely like how do you build and lead an intentional life? Um that means you have to make intentional decisions that are going to support you and the visions and the dream and the direction the Lord God has given you when you're not okay and when you're okay. <laughs> so, man, that that was a word, Ivan. <laughs> I don't even know. We could just stop it right here. <laughs> wow. I guess like after that experience, was there more specific things that you did? I think throughout that year, I was starting to think about, okay, what's my, what's my wedding workflow? I would say that was probably like the biggest question that came up right away. I didn't really have a clear workflow. Like I book couples and then I do like the engagement session maybe. And then I wouldn't really talk to them again until the wedding. And I was like, am I really clued in and confident on what my system is for supporting couples? And so I started writing down what are all the things I do? And I think that led me into, okay, what are the other systems that I have that I'm not really super confident on? And 
that I think that question led me into first step one, learning what are all the things I do that I don't know that I do um, so that I can actually see why I'm always so tired and busy all the time. And then I started asking myself, how can I systemize those things? I got sick in the middle of me going through this journey for the first time. And that really like spearheaded me going, okay, no, for real, this is going to be a priority now. Totally. Man, that's so great. I'm so glad that you're on the other side of that that really tough season. But I'm also like, just thank you for sharing like kind of what you've learned through that. I mean, that's a really vulnerable and really hard thing to go through. Um, but I think it's really awesome how it's like still made your business better for it, you know? Uh, so thanks for sharing that. Absolutely. Yeah. So one thing you mentioned in there to Ivan was you were hiring team members and training them in. Do you mind telling us a little bit about your team? How do you manage them? Um, and how does that support your business? Like, how has that really helped you in the sustainability of your photography business? Yeah. Along this line of building like more sustainably, something that can maintain over time, something that I thought about really early on was having a a team of uh, associate photographers or outsourcing or, um, I wasn't really sure in the beginning exactly what it would look like, but I was like, I love people and I could use some help. So I guess we'll figure it out eventually. And that that has, at the time of this recording, it has looked like having associate photographers and having um, um, some help on the back end. And so uh, my, my team is pretty pretty small. I'm tight-knit. I have a few photographers who um, have been contracted for weddings. They shoot weddings under my brand. Um, and I get to um, empower them and encourage them and also like see them grow in their photography. Um, and then um, you know her and love her. We we love Alicia. God bless her. Alicia is <laughs> Alicia is my is my admin. Um, she does a lot of things. We'll just say asterisk asterisk. Um, anything you can think of, she probably does it. <laughs> um, the the first thing I wanted to get off my my plate, other than editing, was like contracting invoices, um, managing the workflow that we have built out in our CRM for our couples. That was like the first thing I was like, I can't not do this anymore. And so Alicia came in and kind of just grown from there. So And Alicia, for anyone who doesn't know, is Ivan's virtual assistant. Or is she she's your assistant. She's not what is what would actually what is Alicia's title? I feel like she does so much. Well, I guess <laughs> her title technically is executive admin. Um, okay. But like I guess I never called her a virtual assistant because she just, I think the connotation with virtual assistant is more of like a contractor who has their own business. Um, Alicia is an employee of mine. Um, so I guess I, I kind of changed the lingo on that, but it's, it's pretty much the same vein. Um, is an assistant who does things online, pretty much the same vein. Got it. Um, but also in person because she's local to where you are, correct? She's actually not local. Um, so we live in completely different regions, but we definitely we like find time to like get together in person when we can. And obviously, she she does like event planning for like our workshops and stuff like that. So I, I see her at least a few times a year. 
How did you find an executive assistant? Like, what was your process? So my process is a little bit, probably, it's it's a little bit different than what I would actually suggest or teach or encourage. I knew Alicia personally. Um, I, I I knew her. I knew her family. Um, and so when I was looking for help long, long time ago, very early on in my career, um, Alicia and I were good friends before she ever worked for me. I remember her casually saying, you know, if you ever need help like writing posts or things, like you could let me know and I'm happy to like help you. And I like never thought anything of it. And then uh, a few years later, I was like, um, hey, so remember when you said you would want to help Duna do like 18 other things too? And we can just try it out and see how it goes. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and now it's, been, now it's been about a couple of years and she's still here doing those 18 things plus five. <laughs> Man. Yeah, no. So for those of you who don't know, I actually met Ivan at his workshop. So I got to, that's what the first time we met in person. We like knew each other before then, yes. but I was so excited. And yeah, Alicia was just like running around doing like every little thing. So if you don't have an Alicia, get one. I'm in the process of getting one. And yes, everyone needs an Alicia. Yes, get an Alicia. Okay. So I kind of want, before talking about your sabbatical, one last question is like, you talked about your workshop. So do you want to talk a little bit more about like diversifying income streams and like expanding your business beyond just photography? It sounds like you're doing so much more than just photography. Yeah, me like casually talking about my life and just like not highlighting any of the other things. <laughs> um, yeah, I when I'm not um, shooting weddings or uh, hopefully leading my team well with encouragement uh, and empowerment, <laughs> um, I I am a photography educator as well. I, I and th- that's a very buzzy buzzword right now in the industry is being an educator and my i don't want to be i don't want to be a buzzword i guess trendy person my my goal my goal in educating is i said this earlier i want to hopefully play a small part in people leading their lives intentionally and leading their businesses intentionally and i aim to do that really just by using like frameworks or resources that i have to teach people how to do that in the way that's best for them and something that i'm 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 really passionate about is not giving somebody like the five tips to become a six figure wedding photography wedding photographer because the way that you do that is going to be different for everybody let's be real um so I, whether it's through in person events like the workshops or um online guides um that i have done before it the the purpose of those really is just to give people like a good framework to build into who they are as business owners. And like, that's my goal at the end of the day. So that that's kind of the, the other thing I guess I do on the, on the, on the side of wedding photography. But in, in terms of like how that played into diversifying my income, I had a, a desire to diversify my income and have passive income like everybody. And, um, I know we've all heard this and it is so true. I'm just going to echo it. Passive income is not truly ever passive. Um, the amount of work that you're going to have to do on the front end for it to even become somewhat passive is going to be going to probably be a lot. Let's just be real. And there's going to be maintaining that happens over time. I think um, when it came to looking at how can I build passive income, how can I diversify my income, my question for myself first and foremost was, 
what is the goal of my business and how do I want to achieve my goal? And that led me to diversify my income from wedding photography. Um, I guess like fun fact, going back to the beginning, before I was ever a photographer, I, I knew that I wanted to start a business because I wanted to empower people and I wanted to hopefully teach business owners. That actually was something that I had dreamed of doing before I even was in photography. And so I knew that way back when, before I ever started teaching. And so when it came to diversifying income, it was framed in something that I knew was aligned with my business goals already in the beginning. And that comes back to making intentional decisions that are aligned with you, that... um allow you to stay aligned and not just spin your head doing this, that, and the other. So that was my first question was like, what is my, what are my goals and how I'm going to do that? And that led me to being like, okay, I think I can add this as a branch to my airport terminal, which is the overall wedding photography brand, if that will, if you will. Totally. I love how you just called it an airport terminal. (laughs) Oh yeah. Shout out, shout out to uh Jordan Lee Dooley, uh Sarah Crook, the Hart University. Like shout out to all the people that <laughs> I learned that from. The airport terminal <laughs> thing is for anyone who doesn't know really quickly, when we're talking about like passive income, like like the visual that I, I think Jordan is the one if anyone is listening to this later, forgive me if I'm wrong. Jordan Lee Dooley is a like an author. Um Great, great, great person. Um, love her and her husband. Um, she called it an airport. Um, airport is your main brand. And then you have terminals, terminals that are attached to or aligned to your brand. Um, and your, your airport basically like directs people to the different terminals based on what they need and who they are. Um, and that's why I think, I guess when we're talking about like expanding your business beyond photography and doing like things like diversifying your income, having passive like income, like doing education or whatever it is that may be for you. I'm all for guides or education or other types of photography and that type of thing. If it's aligned to your airport, um, <laughs> if it's aligned to your airport, like, Go for it. I'm gonna be on your Instagram cheering you on with all my comments. Talk about how amazing you are. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's so good. So good. Cool. Well, I think I'd love to transition as we are getting into the end of the podcast. Ivan, you take sabbatical and you take time off. And I want to just talk a little bit about just what that looks like for you. Um, and like kind of yeah, what what does a sabbatical look like? And like what was your reason for specifically deciding to do kind of an extended period of time away? That's a great question. Uh <laughs> the the sabbatical honestly uh the sabbatical came forth for a couple of different reasons. I think personal to to my life um truthfully it wasn't even like a work life balance thing but i think it did go back to what i said earlier about a future me type of thing i'm i'm a first generation american my family is from west africa um ivory coast and i think the first year i did a sabbatical um i had not seen my family in like probably 7 8 years um wow. And I randomly, my mom was like, hey, uh, we should go see the family. And I was like, you're right. We should go see the family. You're right. So uh, typically when I go to Africa or like if anybody's traveled abroad, you know, it's going to cost you the same amount of money (laughs) to go for two weeks as it is to go for a couple months. 
And so my original thing was like, oh, I'm going to see my family. This is probably something I will do throughout my whole life. So maybe I should learn how to work my photography business around being with my family. And so the first time I did it was kind of a trial period. <laughs> uh, I took a two-month sabbatical, believe it or not, uh, that did not go very well um, because I did not know what the heck I was doing. Um, and I also was sick. That was the year I got sick. Um, and so I was still working for most of it. And that led me into finding out that like 30 days is like a good period of time to take time off. And so I guess to answer your question, my reasoning behind it was mostly in my family. Um, and then I did it once and I was like, I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life, probably every few years. So I should probably make this like a period to get away anyway and process my business, pray, be with my family, that type of a thing. So yeah. And so this last one that you just did, did you accomplish the mission? Like was there any work that you had to do? How did you set that up? What did that look like? <laughs> How would you grade it? I would grade it like a... I, I would grade it an A. Not because I'm like... I, I, I did like... I was so amazing in the way that I figured it out. But I, I do think my goal behind it was met. Like... I, and I want this for everybody. Like I'm not saying that we have to take month-long, two-month-long sabbaticals. But... I think that we all deep down would do it if, quote unquote, if we could. And I'm here to say we can. <laughs> we actually can and your business will survive. My goal, I think deep down, vulnerably speaking, my goal was like, can I, can I take time off and my business still survive? Like I want to prove it to myself that that my business can survive and my clients can still be served if I'm not constantly on my laptop. I just want to prove it to myself, and that was I I did hardly anything. Um, I think I could put out a fire, um, and and the only reason why I found out about it was because it was like it was like a dire situation that no one knew how to fix, and I was like I was like I got you. I'm gonna go in and fix it, but that was pretty much it. Um, so I am here to say we can do it. We can do it, friends. <laughs> and so for someone who's interested in doing something like that, what would you say are the critical things they would need to do to prepare for extended time away? I think first first and foremost, I, I have a team um, member um, in Alicia and I have an associate photographer um, who also has been helping me with sabbaticals and time off in general when I've needed to take time off for random different things over the years that has been a part of this process. And so I have had at least two people um, helping me in some capacity over the last two um, wedding seasons that I've done this. And so if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I don't have money to outsource or anything like that, I know that this might be a little bit different for you, but I still think you can do this. Um, I, I think to prepare, to prepare for taking a sabbatical, I think personally, I would take a good like three to five month period before you want to take that sabbatical, just processing and planning. And so here's, here's what I did. And here's what I would suggest. I think like step one, I would, I would word dump everything you want your sabbatical to be. Like I would just straight up dream. Like I would just like take yourself on a date 
or go you and your spouse go to to the restaurant you like go to a park and i would just i would first and foremost dream what does time off what does a work break um if you want to call it that what does it look like for me do i want to travel do i just want to stay at home just not shooting but doing everything on the back end what what is considered success for your work break for me personally that was being away from absolutely everything because i am way too devoted <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> and, and so I, I chose to just take everything off the table. You don't have to do that. But then out of dreaming, once I learned what I wanted to do, my step two was, okay, how do I put that into place now? What are the details that need to be figured out in order to make that a reality? And I basically wrote all that down. For example, I realized I have a pretty in-depth sales process that involves like calls and consultations and stuff like that. And I was like, who's going to replace my roles in this? And so we made a sabbatical workflow, very similar to the workflow that we have for weddings um, when I am in office. But we basically took what we normally do and basically substituted all the things that I normally do and either automated them with different emails or things like that. Or we had somebody take my place in doing that. And then my step three was basically processing that information, making sure that I was very confident and clear on exactly what the process was going to be. The the team was confident and clear on what that process was going to be, doing any acting it out or talking it out that we needed to do. And then step four is putting it into place. And here's the important part that I'm going to end on with here is when you are in the work break and you're nervous to screw the whole thing and pick everything up again because one thing happens, don't do that. <laughs> Write it out. Write it out just for the sheer fact that you're going to learn how to do it better and you're going to keep getting better. And then you in five years that just wants to go play with your kids for like a month or a few weeks on the beach can do that without fear, <laughs> which is my hope for you. <laughs> That's super awesome. Super, super good. Thanks for sharing just like the how-to. And like, yeah, I'm guessing it sounds like you're a proponent of this. What would you say are like the biggest ways that this has impacted your business? And why do you think it's important for photographers to kind of look at taking more extended times away from work? Honestly speaking, the impact that sabbaticals have had on me as a person and on my business as a whole have like genuinely changed my life allowed me to take more time um in process and in prayer um and personally like as a christian business owner like it deeply has begun to teach me that i can do nothing apart from god um and that my my peace is not found in the financial, monetary, or hustle-bustle success of my business. Um, it is found in my relationship with Jesus. And and that that has given me such a peace beyond understanding as a person. And that has led me to making very intentional decisions. I, I kid you not, I, I am intentional with about every decision that I can be in our business now because of that first sabbatical. And now on the business side of things, 
I can tell you that I know why we're doing something. I can tell you when I, cause I took time away to actually process that. And you, and I know we're probably somebody, you could be listening to this and thinking, okay, I'm gonna, I can just do that on the off season. Like I'm not shooting wedding, weddings anyway. If you're anything like most of the creative entrepreneurs in America, boo boo, you gonna find something to do. Like you're gonna find some project, some styled shoot, a workshop, you're going to find something to do. And those things are great. It gets really different when you say own spirit, because then you, you're really going to have self-development, your business, your, if you're a Christian, your relationship with God and who you are as a person is going to grow leaps and bounds. If you can just get a loan. That is my talk. <laughs> um, speechless. That I think if anyone is listening and is not yet convinced on why they need to take off, I don't think they ever will. And that's okay. You don't have to. Okay, Ivan, we are at our time here wrapping up. I just want to say thank you so much for being on the podcast today. <laughs> everything you just said, everything you shared is just... Not only is it really cool to see someone doing something that honestly, like what you were doing... I've never seen done before. And you really just like found a way to make something happen without anyone really like being able to show you exactly what that looks like. Sure, there's a lot of trial and error that comes with it. But man, you're 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 blazing a trail right here. And I, I see that and I think it's really cool. And I really hope other people can listen to this podcast and really see that there is benefit in taking time off. And I think the pressures of society and the hustle bustle, like that means nothing if at the end of the day you lose sight of your why. And so thank you so much for taking time to do it. Ivan. Thank you so much for taking your time today. Where can people find you? What else are you doing these days? Yeah, thanks so much. I appreciate you. Thanks so much for having me. I mean, this has been super fun. And I feel like I'm connecting with, I'm envisioning your listeners in my head as my friends, even though I don't know who they are as we're talking. So I love y'all too. You can find me on Instagram um, at Ivan Amson, I-V-A-N-A-M-S-S-A-N. Very French, I know. Um, you could find me pretty much like Pinterest, Facebook at the same handles. And for education, you can also find me at Ivan Amson or um, at Joy Seekers Community for in-person workshops and events. Stay tuned wherever you have an Instagram for the things that are in the works that you don't know are in the works. <laughs> oh man, I cannot wait. Well, Ivan, thank you so much for your time today. And everyone listening, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Take Your Shot podcast. If you found this podcast helpful or insightful, we would absolutely be honored if you could take a moment to leave us a review on whichever platform you're listening on. If you have any friends who you think would benefit from this podcast, please share it with them. And lastly, we absolutely love connecting with you all on social media. You can find us using the links below in the show notes. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next week.